This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So as the weather warms up, we're outside gardening or doing yard work. There are so many opportunities for skin issues, right? And for me, it's always a mystery to know what's going to irritate my skin, but I'm definitely out there itching and scratching. But the good news is active skin repair always seems to save the day. Active skin repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, making it suitable for use on all skin types, all parts of the body, and even on rosacea, eczema, and acne-prone skin. Here's what I want you to do. Visit ActiveSkinRepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and get 20% off your order when you use code JOYFUL. Again, that's www.ActiveSkinRepair.com. Find out more about the product and get 20% off your order when you use the code JOYFUL. Hey, welcome to the Joyful Courage Podcast, a place for inspiration and transformation as we try and keep it together while parenting our tweens and teens. This is real work, people. And when we can focus on our own growth and nurturing the connection with our kids, we can move through the turbulence in a way that allows for relationships to remain intact. My name is Casey O'Rourke. I am your fearless host. I'm a positive discipline trainer, space holder coach, and the adolescent lead at Sproutable. I am also the mama to a 20-year-old daughter and 17-year-old son walking right beside you on this path of raising our kids with positive discipline and conscious parenting. This show is meant to be a resource to you, and I work really hard to keep it real, transparent, and authentic so that you feel seen and supported. Today is an interview, and I have no doubt that what you hear will be useful to you. Please don't forget, sharing truly is caring. If you love today's show, please pass the link around, snap a screenshot, post it on your socials, or text it to your friends. Together, we can make an even bigger impact on families all around the globe. I'm so glad that you're here. Enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. My guest today is Valerie T. Valerie transforms outdated parenting paradigms into research-based positive discipline frameworks based on the latest brain science, the Enneagram, and best practices. She has over 25 years experience as a speaker, presenter, and facilitator of retreats and workshops. She is a trained art therapist and a certified teacher. She's a certified happiness coach and is a Rizzo Hudson Enneagram Institute certified Enneagram coach with honors standing. She also accredited through the International Enneagram Association and presented her talk, Ignite Your Inner Essence Parent, Move from Reactive to Responsive Parenting at this year's Global Enneagram Conference. Valerie and her husband have two boys, aged 14 and 10, and her youngest son has Down syndrome. She enjoys advocating for people with disabilities and is passionate about building community, spreading kindness, and choosing joy. I'm so excited to have you on. Hi, Valerie. Welcome to the pod. 
Hi, Casey. I'm so happy to be here. I have listened to your podcast for quite some time, and I know it's so helpful to people. And so it's such an honor to be here. I know when we actually first connected, like connected, connected, I think it was last summer. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my gosh, I feel like we've been kind of orbiting each other for years. Everybody, Valerie's business is joyful coaching. And then I'm over here, joyful courage. And so I think we've always just kind of been on each other's radar for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What pulled you sure. into working with parents? Well, I can talk a little bit about maybe how I work with parents in the Enneagram and what pulled me in specifically, because it's a long story. It would take like 10 podcasts to talk about (laughs) how I work with parents. But I noticed working with parents as a teacher or parent coach that a lot of parents were so sincere about positive discipline, like all their chips were in, like they were all in. They really wanted this for themselves. They want to parent differently, maybe than they were raised. And something was always getting in the way. And I noticed they were so discouraged and were confused. Like, what is getting in the way? So there was this blind spot or missing piece. It would often be obvious to me or other people or even their kids. But to them, it was a blind spot. So when I first got introduced to the Enneagram over a decade ago, I was sitting in Russ Hudson's workshop and he described all the nine Enneagram types, including my own, with such compassion. And kindness, like I could weep right now Mm. thinking about it, but just there was this Rolodex of memories of like all the parents I worked with, how I could have helped them with that missing piece, that gap that was getting them stuck from really being the parent that they wanted to be. How I got into this work with the Enneagram is seeing it as something that complements more modern types of parenting, such as positive discipline or gentle parenting. Yeah. Thank you for introducing our topic because that's what (laughs) we're going to talk about is Enneagram. And it's, I just want to give a disclaimer to everybody right now. This is a huge topic and you listener are not going to be an expert on Enneagrams or even know like where you fall in this tool by listening to this podcast, but don't worry. We're going to give you resources at the end to dive deeper. We're going to kind of stay more high level. And I'm really excited about that. I've learned what I know about Enneagram, which is also just like a toe dipped in the water, I feel like, from you, Valerie. Like you talked about your teacher being so compassionate and kind. And I really experienced you as you, you know, you have a whole course around the Enneagram and I experienced you the same way. So I just want to tell you That's the deepest compliment. Thank you. You know what? And if we really want to teach the Enneagram, it's a show, don't tell. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, can we show how to accept others Mm -hmm. and ourselves with compassion? Well, let's take a few steps back because for some people listening, this word Enneagram is new. Maybe it's nothing they've heard of, or maybe it's a word that's kind of floated around, but they have really no idea about what it is. So will you just kind of give us the broad strokes about Enneagram as a tool for the listeners that are in the dark? Yeah. Any yeah. what? It's a lot of vowels. <laughs> so what, how do you spell it? Like yeah, what? Totally. the symbol looks a bit occultish. Like it could just be like a bit off-putting the whole description and the symbol to begin with, but I really hope I can do it justice today. Ennea means nine and gram means to mark down. So it's an ancient Greek word and it's a personality typing system. There's nine types. But what's different than other personality typing systems, maybe some listeners are familiar with like Myers and Briggs, for instance, Mm -hmm. 
Those are great because they can tell you things about yourself and also demonstrate that we see the world with different lenses. Everybody approaches the world in different ways. So having that deep understanding that we're all maybe a little bit different and to be accepting of that. But what's different about the Enneagram, instead of saying you're this and putting you in a box and then it's sort of like, okay, well, what do I do with that? Yeah. I'm different. So what? So the Enneagram helps us see, oh, we've kind of put ourselves in this box and it gives us a map to get out of the box or the prison we might've put ourselves in. And it's very clear and direct how to do that. And so- That's what I think that Enneagram is not meant to define us. It's meant to guide us. Okay. And do you feel like when we put ourselves in this box that it's really through, is it something like temperament? Like everybody's born with a certain temperament or is it more of like life experiences and relationships and forming beliefs over time kind of send us into a direction? Yeah. So there's lots of you know, heated debate about that, about nature, nurture, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. But I personally believe in a lot of my other colleagues in the Enneagram world believe it's both. So we are born a certain temperament and then we interact with our family and our environment in a certain way that may really kind of double down on that temperament, like really bring it even more into fruition. Mm -hmm. So probably when we're born, we have that temperament, but we maybe are more open to more capacities, being more present. But as we interact with that temperament with the world around us, it really kind of, as you, we were talking about before this podcast, it gets grooved in. Yeah. Yeah. Really grooved in. And yeah. actually someone we love, Dr. Dan Siegel, he's doing a lot of research right now to really show scientifically how our Enneagram personalities may be formed. Mm, I love that. I know we both have a scientist crush on Dan Siegel. Love him. 100%. <laughs> fangirl. Total fangirl. So you work with parents, like you take the Enneagram and you put it in the context of these relationships that we have with our kids. Why is it useful to learn about the Enneagram as a parenting tool? Well, I think that, you know, you work mostly with teens, but I think this is relevant for any parenting scenario, any age. Really, if children are going to accept our guidance, you and I both feel strongly about it's through the relationship that we'll have true integration of our values and true parenting success, really. The relationship's the foundation. Now, connection builds that foundation. Mm -hmm. And we can't build connection if we're not showing up. So the Enneagram shows us, are we present or not present? Like what's showing up? Mm. So that's where some of those blind spots can be revealed of where parts of us are not showing up. And then the connection is not as possible. And then the relationship is not as strong. Okay. I Does love that. Does that make sense? Well, yeah. it is. And I'm recognizing it makes sense to me because of the background information that I gained from working with you. And so I'm thinking about the listener, right? And so what I'm hearing you say is it's a tool in recognizing how presence is or isn't in the room, basically. That's it in a nutshell, Casey. Like, And we'll get into this, unpack this later, but am I showing up? with my head, heart, and my body, Mm -hmm. am I all in? (laughs) Am I really here? Or is it some of my habitual patterns and my nature from the past? Yeah, I love that. And you know, it's so interesting, right? There's a lot of entry points into this work. And I love that Enneagram is just 
another one of those entry points, right? Mm -hmm. Like, am I an autopilot or am I consciously intentionally showing up to this interaction? And sometimes, you know, I think it's interesting, right? Like there's those conversations that we know we're going to have. And so there is this preparation, this work that we can do around, okay, I'm going to be ready. Like I'm ready for this. And then there's, especially, well, not especially in the teen years, like in life, (laughs) those moments where we're just doing our thing. And all of a sudden the challenge is right in front of us. And we don't have that time to prepare and to find presence. Yes. So like our type is what shows up when we don't. Okay. So we're more likely to default into these patterns and our type when things are unpredictable and life's coming mm-hmm. at us. And huh, guess what? When we're parenting teens, it's coming at us. Yeah. And fear's coming up. It's like, holy man, I didn't plan for this. And so that's where we could have the tendency to go into our default, into our personality. That's what's going to show up to parent that more reactive fear-based. Yeah. Because we're trying to get back to presence, but we're misguided Mm -hmm. in it, which we can unpack a little bit. But yeah, our type is what shows up when we're not. So knowing our type, and you mentioned there's nine types. Yeah. And listeners, we're not going to go deep into all the types, but there are absolutely resources, which include Valerie, in (laughs) learning more about your type and all the types. So is it like, ultimately we have a lot or a little of each type, right? Yes. Yes. So what I notice is that if we are fear-based, like we're going into our habitual nature, we are not as accessing all the strengths of all nine types. We're out of balance. We get kind of polarized. So we might be over-utilizing part of our parent repertoire and under-utilizing other parts of it. So for instance, let's take positive discipline, kind and firm. We might be really great at the kind, but the firm is off the radar for us. Or we're really great at the firm, but then that attunement and noticing what's going on in our child's world is a bit blind for us. Yeah. And so the Enneagram helps us notice, recognize, oh, that's what I'm doing with compassion. Mm-hmm. And that compassion softens those patterns, brings us back to more love-based, responsive, parenting. So it's not going to give us a free pass from our kids having difficulties, but it's going to help us show up in ways that we feel good about and that are going to help the situation rather than escalate it. Right. Because there are no free passes. Nope. (laughs) I keep searching. Maybe I'm getting it wrong. Maybe I was cracking up recently talking to some clients about teen substance use and I'm sitting inside of like am I offering enough to my clients about this? I did this whole program over the summer to learn more and to find that magic formula mm-hmm. or wand. And I was like, God damn it. It's positive discipline. <laughs> like, there It's like, it's stuff's going to happen. So are we going to yeah. react? Or are we going to respond? Like it's, we don't get a free pass. Yes. Yes. Are we going to react? Are we going to respond? I mean, and is that the main gap? What other gaps yes. like in your experience, like, do you have any anecdotes or stories about how Enneagram kind of helped like some archetypal dynamics that are happening between parent and kid? Yes, absolutely. Maybe before that, can I take a little step do back it. and maybe yeah, help? Yeah, that might help understand some anecdotes. And if I forget an antidote, bring me back there. I think for me, I was always a seeker my whole life and I was trying to find what's wrong with me. What's the thing that's going to, I was looking outside myself, right. To find the thing that could fix me. And 
you know, when I was seeking all the wisdom traditions were saying, be here now, be present, be in the now. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Tell me the good stuff. Like I got that part. Tell me what to do. Yes. Tell me what to do. (laughs) So they were, but I never understood presence. And then the Enneagram taught me what presence is finally. So then I could practice it, you know? Okay. And so presence is... If you think of plugging into now, like a three-prong plug, we need three prongs and we have three prongs, but we don't usually use all three prongs. We might use one at best. So the three prongs are our body, our heart, and our mind. Mm -hmm. That's being in the now. That's all of us showing up to parent. But for me, before I found the Enneagram, I was mostly showing up with my feelings and my heart. That's what I use to understand my world. I use my heart intelligence, if you will, and not necessarily my head or my body, my gut. So by only using my heart, it didn't have the body and the head as buddies. My heart is just super reactive. Like Mm -hmm. my child doesn't like dinner that I made. I'm hurt. Mm -hmm. You know, my kids don't want to come and hang out with me anymore. (laughs) I'm devastated, right? Like adolescence arrives. Yeah. Fetal position on the floor. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so hurt. But if my heart's grounded in the body and it can settle and be balanced and then the head can come online and then you have that discernment, that wisdom, those aha, the clarity, we can see things less attached, like see it, the bird's eye view, if you will, of what's going on in the situation. And just frankly, I stopped taking things so personally with my kids and seeing the learning opportunity. Hey friends, as a podcast listener myself, I always get so excited to share when I find a new show that I think is super useful. So today I want to tell you about Understood Explains. This is a podcast that tackles one important topic per season. And this season is all about navigating individualized education plans and is hosted by teacher and special education expert, Juliana Urtube. Getting the support our kids need in school can feel tricky, and we aren't always sure what it is that they need. When I listened to the episode titled, Does My Child Need an IEP?, it offered up so much useful information that I could really see supporting parents who are in this consideration. The host is so knowledgeable and really breaks down the content in a way that helps listener go from completely overwhelmed to actually starting to feel empowered. Other episodes in the series highlight the difference between IEPs and 504 plans, as well as a whole episode that busts common myths about special education. To listen to Understood Explains, search for Understood Explains wherever you listen to podcasts. That's Understood Explains. So check it out. You won't be sorry. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Thank God, spring into summer is my favorite time of year. After turning 50 last September, I've been really working on my physical health and well being and can honestly say that I am feeling better in my body than I have felt in a very long time. Yes, credit goes to movement and working out, but even more credit goes to how I'm feeding my body. That's why I love Factor. I fuel up with Factor's no prep, no mess meals, 
35 different meal choices and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, I always have a new flavor to explore. It's amazing. You can crush your wellness goals this May, keep time in the kitchen to a minimum, and enjoy effortless support for the lifestyle you want to be living with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust from Factor. Head over to factormeals.com slash joyful50 and use the code joyful50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code joyful50 at factormeals.com slash joyful50. Again, that's 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Yes, yes, yes. Join me. Join me in the health revolution and feel really good this summer. Along this thread, that's like heart, right? Yeah. Overly heart. <laughs> overly heart. Overly heart. And then the overly body. So the overly heart is that reactive or numb. Mm. I can't, I don't even want to deal with this. Like I'm just going to numb out. I can't even feel my feelings. Like my kid's having a hard time and I just can't even go there. Yeah. Right. So that's not being present in the heart is super touchy, super reactive or numb. Okay. And then in the body, the body intelligence, if I'm not present in my body, then I've lost kind of my vitality, my mojo, my energy to take action in what's going on. Or I go overdue, like overpower. I'm kind of running around like a chicken with its head cut off. I'm taking action without taking a pause. Okay. The gut is leading the way without any discernment or a lot right. of- Right, it doesn't have a head and doesn't have the heart on board. Okay. So like if I'm doubling down because I think my kid's getting in trouble in school, so I'm going to really double down in the discipline, not discipline in the sense of what we're talking about, but I mean like punitive or yeah. I'm going to show them this is not okay. Put like your how foot down. Yeah. Yeah, you're going to put really your foot down. Yeah. So we're not taking a pause. We're not using our heart or our head, right? Okay. We're just we're going with our body into action. Okay. And so it's not balanced with the other two. And so we'll know that if we're acting before we're thinking, we're super reactive again, or we're just kind of numbed out. Like we just don't even want to deal. We're dialing it in, in mm -hmm. the parent thing, because it's just too overwhelming. Mm -hmm. And then for the head, we'll know that we're not present in our head and we're not using that intelligence through presence because our head is like that monkey mind, right? The whole committee's up there. Like, should I tell them that I found the drugs in their room? Or maybe I should just like ignore it. Like, or if I do this, this could, right? And we just have this whole mess of thinking going on rapidly in our mind. We're like overthinking every parenting decision mm -hmm. and feeling kind of stuck with that. Or Russ Hudson, my teacher calls it like surly teenager mind. We're just kind of like, whatever, mm -hmm. <laughs> like who cares? Check out. Check out. Yeah. So when we have presencing practices and that might be very individualized based on our type, that's where the Enneagram comes really healthy. Like for some people that yoga and mindfulness, woohoo, that's like my ticket. And for other people, it's like meeting myself on the mat is like my worst nightmare, mm -hmm. right? So this is where the Enneagram can be so helpful and where we can develop some of our prongs, our three prongs to help us plug back into now and see what's blocking it. Yeah. So it's really a practice of one, I'm hearing you kind of to summarize, one is recognizing like what is that shoot from the hip? Like when we're shooting from the hip and we're in reaction, is it this emotional feelings based 
Is that what shows up first? Is it, I got to shut this down now, whatever it takes, gut? Or is it the mind spin out? Yeah, like I'm a terrible parent or my kid's going to juvie. Yeah, right, right, right. right. Yes. Oh, I love that. Thinking of all the worst case scenarios because your kid messed up. So now you're already in like 10 years down the road that they're a horrible person. Right. So that's step one is start to notice your pattern, listeners, right? Like what's your shoot from the hip? What's your come from? And then with awareness, we can develop, would you say, well, first, I know that you would agree. There's like the practice of simply like, oh, here I am in my head or, oh, here I am in my gut or, oh, here I am in my heart. And like what I would say, and you can tell me what you would say, is like, I got to come back to like a neutral place. I got to be neutral. Like that's the word that works for me. Like, and maybe neutral is also like integrated, but it feels like integration is a little bit like, it feels like there's a pause first and then it's how do I integrate? And being resourced. Like when you're back there, you have resources, right? Right. Talk a little bit more about that. When we're not present, we're not feeling resource. So when we're present, now we have access to all nine capacities in a right. healthy way. Right. So let's think of, of presence as a continuum. So on okay. one end of the continuum is love, responsive, grounded, attuned. We have integrity. We're wise, right? Oh, yeah. We're feeling like superstars. We got all the good <laughs> We are rocking the parenting thing, right? We know that. We have those moments where we can access that, where we're really present and our heart and our body and our mind are all working together, giving us a gorgeous smorgasbord of parenting tools in our toolbox. Yeah. Yeah. We know the toolbox is there. We can kind of like, yeah. I feel like in that mindset, it's like, oh, I have time, like metaphorically, right? Not literally everybody, but it's like, oh, right. I have a toolbox. There are a lot of different tools in this box. Which is the tool that would be most useful for this moment versus like, pull out the hammer, right? (laughs) Yes, because if we're only relying on the body prong in our three-pound block, then the hammer might come out. Or pull out the guilt. Yes, in the heart. It's like, I'm the martyr mother. Yeah, I've done all these things for you. How could you do this to me? Right. Right. So that happens. So if we go back to that continuum, the love and the responsiveness on one end, on the other end is fear, reactive. When we're less in our heart, our body and our mind, then we have access to less tools. Mm -hmm. We're just more reactive and we're responding in ways that probably aren't going to be helpful. So the Enneagram helps guide us and shows us a direct map back to that presence, you used a great word about awareness. So the first step is seeing what do I do when I'm not here? What shows Mm -hmm. up to parent when I'm not present? Then we want to have self-compassion. We're not doing a search and destroy mission. We're not trying to stop this. If we do all those things, it's not going to work. The only thing that's going to soften our patterns is compassion and love. And then something else opens up. We come back home to ourselves. Then we have access to more and we can connect and have deeper relationships with our kids, Mm -hmm. our spouses, Mm -hmm. all the people in our life because we're showing up. Yeah. Well, I love, you know, the word relationship. I love how it's about how we relate to each other, right? And the more we know about ourselves and also the more that we can learn about the other person, all the bullshit that gets in the way and the stories we create and even the pain that we feel. Yeah. It 
also softens. It also like, I don't have to take this personally because it doesn't have anything to do with me. And I really encourage parents to notice when they're making assumptions about their teens specifically. Yes. And and yes. even as I say that, again, listeners, like we're talking about context of parenting teens, but this is really any relationship. We make assumptions. And then in our assumptions, it's like, it's ripe for the story that we are making up about where mm-hmm. this is leading, where this is going, what they care about, what they don't care about. There's so much that is us creating. Mm-hmm. And then we're reacting to what we're assuming and creating storylines about our kids. So what I try to encourage parents to do is go in, get to know who their kid is today, right? Because you know you have a 14-year-old. Who he is now is not the same as who he was four years ago. How does the Enneagram help us connect deeper with the teen that we have versus the teen that we think we have? If that makes sense. Amazing. I'm going to answer your question, but maybe not exactly what you're asking, but I hope it'll still be helpful. (laughs) This is not the first time you've done this in this interview, but you know what, Valerie? You go with it. I like it. (laughs) I'll give you a story. I promised you a story. I know, I know. My own son. So I think what this isn't exactly answering, but I think it's the lens that we bring that will impact the relationship and how we see our child. Okay. So it's not necessarily the timeline, like, of course, they're developing and growing and self-actualizing and changing, and we have to stay up with that. I think that's what you're trying to get at. But I think even more deep than that is how we see them through our Enneagram lens could harm our relationship if we're not seeing it through presence, we're seeing it through our default. Mm-hmm. So with our son, he is type five on the Enneagram. I have permission to talk about this, but he's a head type. So he is not as emotive as me. I rely more on my feelings, as I said. So he holds his cards close. Mm-hmm. You know, he has sort of a, a resting screen face kind of thing, right? Like he just, he doesn't, he's not as demonstrative as me. And so my temperament wants to know the relationship's good. Like we're okay, mm-hmm. right? And so I can take things really personally when he's holding his cards close. Yeah, he approaches life differently than me. And I've learned so much from him because he takes his time. He observes. He's not attached. That's a real strength. Mm -hmm. But if I wasn't aware of how he approaches the world and how I approach the world and that, that they're very different, I might think there's something wrong with him and that he should be more talking about his feelings and I might be doubling down, like trying to get information out of him, which would be so overwhelming for him and Mm -hmm. clam him up even more. So I think our lens and how we are seeing our child and what we're making it mean about how they might Mm -hmm. be showing up can really, we could be very confused about our children and feeling like we have to fix them or something's wrong because they might not have the same lens as us. I really appreciate that story. I work with a lot of parents especially a lot of parents of teen boys. And there is this, it starts to become desperation Mm -hmm. to get them to open up, to get them to share. And I feel like as parents, we also might hear the word, like hear you and I talk about, I mean, I talk about relationship as like the key to it all. Mm -hmm. And as I say that, I think there's this idea that relationship should look a certain way. It should look yes. like our kids telling us everything and being animated and coming to us, right? Yep. That's not really, it might not look like that. And that's not an indicator of 
a less than or a bad or a wrong relationship. What I'm hearing you say is, hey, I know my son's, you know, Enneagram. I know like his style. Part of who he be is to hold things close. And so how do you as a feeler, right? As a feeler mama, how do you reconcile that? Even as you know that, right? Like what shows up for you as you're like, okay, well, I know this about him. And gosh, like, do you ever feel like, and how do I get in there? Yes. So I have to every day do my own presencing practice. I have to make sure that all three of my prongs are plugged in so that I'm more love-based and I'm more able to see him for who he really is. And the more that I show up fully and whole, the more I make room, a landing pad for him to show up and be who he is. And I notice when I am more present and I am really there and I'm not trying to fix him, He might start off sharing information because that's easiest for him to make a connection is sharing things that he knows. But then as I'm listening and I'm really there for him to hear about what he knows, then suddenly he'll give me a little nugget of like, he might like a girl at school. All right. I might get that because I'm just, I'm not pressuring it. I'm not forcing it. And then he slowly like, I'm letting that flower blossom, you know, on its own time. Yeah. Well, I love what you said. I love the language you just used. And it's showing up. I mean, it shows up for me in marriage counseling. Mm-hmm. Like it just keeps showing up. That landing pad, right? The language I use is that soft landing. So it's similar, right? A space that feels safe, right? As I'm listening to you, I'm like, oh yeah. Like when you're present, those three prongs are there. Head, heart, gut, right? Head, heart, body, There isn't a desperation. There isn't an agenda. There isn't criticism. Like it just really opens a space for them to be who they are without them also being cautious of, well, I know she's a little bit of a nut job when it comes to this. So I'm not going to step into this space because I know as the teenager, because guess what? You guys have heard me say this a million times. They've been students of us their entire life. Like they know us probably better than we know us because they've been observing how do I survive and thrive in relation to this person since the beginning, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. right? And so I so appreciate what you're talking about. Our work, you having a presencing practice that you tap into. And, you know, I'm thinking to myself, I probably need to do that a few times a day. I feel my feet on the floor. It doesn't have to be a big deal. You know, I feel my hands on the steering wheel while I'm driving. Yeah. I notice my breath. Ooh, it's all in my chest. And I start breathing in my belly. Like it's so simple yet. It's so hard, Casey, just to take those little moments, right. To get back into our body, connect with my heart a little bit more. And then my head can come online. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory, two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And now we're back 
with a whole new podcast about unsticking it, launching in January. What happens when life gets in the way of our creativity instead of nourishing it? We talk to all sorts of guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. So, join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Get out of there, life gunk. Let us help you get back to your best creative self. Look for Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts starting in January, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking it. I think the hard thing is just we aren't practiced. It's not, you yeah. know... We're, it's more likely that we have a spare moment or a time to wait and we pick up our phones to scroll, yeah. right? Versus yeah. like, oh, I've got this time. I'm going to do a little presencing. I'm going to do a little feel yes. my feet. I'm going to feel my body in this chair before I go into the doctor's office or... Here's why it doesn't feel good because our ego is on a job and it has those habitual things that it thinks it needs to do to keep us safe mm-hmm. and to keep our world predictable. And so to actually slow down and stop and here's the thing with being present and putting the three plunks and we have to relax. Yeah. It's not something we do and yeah. effort towards. It's a relaxation. Yeah. And so we usually grab for the phone or do something else because our ego is like, not on my watch. Right. Oh, I, this is good. Let's go with this. I wonder too. So I'm sure you have the same experience. A lot of the parents who end up working one-on-one with me, like that's their last ditch effort, right? At yeah. figuring things out for their kiddos. So I have a lot of clients whose kids are really in the muck, right? Really in the gauntlet. And I'm always trying to get better at the languaging around this, but what I really, and I think you're going to be right on board with this. So what I really want to help them do, because what happens is relationship has shrunk to only be centering the misbehavior, the mischief, the poor yeah. choices, and that's all that exists in the relationship. So I really want to support parents in expanding. Yeah, it's not like that stuff's going to go anywhere and it doesn't mean that we completely ignore it or dismiss it. But how can we expand our relationship so that it's bigger than just here's what's going down and then bringing it back to that like if we relax, oh my god. What's going to happen to all this yeah. crazy shit that's going down if I'm not super hyper-focused on it? Yes. And I'm going to say something that might not win me any fans, but I'm it's just okay. going to say it. Do it. What? I can't wait. I think that sometimes focusing on our child's problem, it's a distraction. Our ego likes that instead of, hey, looking at my own inner work. Yeah. And what do I need to do here to be present, to create the landing pad? I mean, that's hard probably for people to hear, but I'll say it, I'll own it. Like it's easier for me to look outside myself at all the things out over here and to get up in everybody else's business than to mind my own shop. Yeah. And I feel that same little bit of discomfort when I say to parents, like you get to do an inventory and you get to be really honest with yourself and, you know, start making a list of the places where you are influencing this dynamic. Yeah. Right? It's and it's a learning. And if they can approach that with curiosity. Yep. And compassion for themselves. And compassion for themselves. It can be such a gorgeous opportunity, Casey. Yeah. Yeah. Such a learning opportunity. And if we are willing to go there, then our life can up level. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, and that leads me to this next piece. And I love podcasting, Valerie, because it, like it's always so perfect. It's always the conversations that I have with people or on my solo shows are always like so alive in what I'm talking about in all the other places. There's this other piece that I think relates, which is we have to, I think, and you can tell me what you think, we have to have faith and trust that our kids are going to move through adolescence and land on their feet. Like, yes. To me, that is, if that is missing, then why the hell would our kids have any faith in themselves? If we can't even be the holders for a while of that, I mean, I just, like, I'm kind of fired up on this because I feel like, and I get it too, because I've been in despair, right? Like I have lived through despair with my oldest, absolutely, and her stories on the pod. And I mean, I like it, just think about it. And I've seen parents in this space. It's such a desperate, sad, lonely, hopeless space when there isn't that place of faith and trust. So talk to me and let's bring Enneagram mm, work okay, in. Okay, okay, good. How does it become a tool? Because sometimes it feels like, I mean, and I could hear specific people in my mind. Yeah, but I don't feel that. So how do we get there? Okay. I'm going to use a metaphor because really Do we it. need another podcast to unpack the whole know, thing, but I'll so leave good. a little metaphor from our favorite guy, Dan Siegel. Love him. So he talks about when there are problems or things that come our, our life, the less conscious or present or integrated we are Yeah. when that problem happens. Let's take a thimble full of water, say, and we put salt in there. Let's pretend the problems are the salt and we're coming to the situation with a thimble of mm-hmm. water that is unpalatable like if we drank that thimble of water we are gonna be knocked over we're gonna feel despair it's gonna feel hopeless we're not gonna trust that this is gonna take its course and our kids are gonna want to self-actualize it who they're meant to be they're gonna come out the other end yeah they're screwed dead in a ditch yes. yeah forget it So the Enneagram, which I can't unpack here, we don't have time, but it gives you a map to have your own practicing to change that thimble of consciousness to a lake or a swimming pool, at least, you know? So if those problems or that salt comes in, it's not going to rock our world to the same degree as if we were coming with a thimble of consciousness. Mm -hmm. We're coming with this giant... And the consciousness is us. Mm -hmm. It's us more whole. It's us more expansive. It's us more why? Because we've relaxed into being more of who we really are Mm -hmm. instead of defaulting into these small contracted habits. Right. It's like we've lived our whole life by the toilet in this mansion that we have in this small little bathroom when actually we could occupy an entire mansion. Yeah. Or, and I'm also thinking about like that you know, how we're holding relationship when we hold it so small and it's only contains the problems that we're moving through right now versus this is a whole human being with an entire life's journey ahead of them. Like that feels connected. That feels relevant too. When we can hold, I want to know this person. I want to know this person as they're moving through this. I want this person to know that somebody else trusts them. And I don't mean you guys. I don't mean like trust them not to do anything stupid because teen brain, okay? They are going to do those things. So quit basing whether or not you trust them on whether or not they ever do anything bad. Instead, do you trust that they can do the things 
and learn and grow and develop and experience and move towards the life that they want. Yeah. And right? hey, let's get honest. I'm 52 years old. I'm not even the same person I was five years ago. Exactly. Yes. We are always growing and evolving yeah. and trust that our child is always going to be growing and evolving like the little acorn into the oak. Yeah. You know, it, can we provide the environment that's going to help them grow into an oak or are we going to bring out the hammer and just clobber yeah. the little sapling? You know? Yeah, totally. And I've been lately telling people, <laughs> start talking to the adults in your life about their teen years. You will yeah. hear some doozies of a story, right? And you start to realize like, yeah, of course. Yes, yes. It matters, right? Our yeah. experiences through adolescence absolutely matter. And they don't have this. I mean, like, even as I say that, I'm like, well, you know, I mean, if you become a drug addict, you know, even my brain goes to those worst case scenarios. My ego's like, hold up, Casey. There are mm-hmm. worst case scenarios. And the highest likelihood is the worst case scenarios are not going to play out. And the more you can show up like you're talking about fully present and aware, the less likely that the worst case scenario is going to come out, even as you find yourself in really hard situations with your kids. Okay, this just came to me. It's okay. like we're modeling who we really are instead of modeling our habits when we're Let's showing up, more right? About that. So our kids may be overly identified with parts of their personality or their defaults and thinking that's who they are in the world, but it's not. And if we can show up and really help mirror to them their essential nature, who they really mm. are past all those behaviors, yeah, then, then we're connecting. Then they go, wow, this person is like my light mirror showing, you know, I'm not saying Pollyanna this, like if they've got drugs in their bag, we've got- Yeah, take them. <laughs> Take them away. I'm not saying like, (laughs) oh, it's all going to go. No, but then we have the wherewithal of our heart, our body, and our mind, how to respond to this situation that will be helpful. And for our child to remember who they really are at their core. Mm. Valerie, I mean, come on. Six hours? (laughs) How long do you think we'd actually need? I mean, listeners, I feel like we've teased everybody. Like we're talking about this thing without really digging into it, but The good news is, you guys, I am hand delivering you, you know, someone who is a profound teacher of this Enneagram work. So talk a little bit about, you know, what you have as far as offers go, where people can find you and how they can follow what it is that you're doing. Yeah. So if people are really curious about their Enneagram type, I have a free download on my website that says five ways to discover your Enneagram type and why it matters to parenting. So that's a free download on my site for folks. I also have another introductory Enneagram course coming in January, and I'm going to give your listeners 20% off. They can use the code Casey. Oh, yay. Or if they want to work with me one-on-one, I have an Enneagram discovery package and same thing. They can use the code Casey to get 20% off. Oh, that's amazing. And I'm on the socials. I'm on Instagram. Facebook is where I'm most active. Okay. Okay. And listeners, all of these are going to be all the things in the show notes. So you can find all the links of the offers that Valerie just mentioned. Is there anything else you want to, I mean, there's a million things I'm sure that we could leave listeners with, but what something you'd like to leave listeners with? I'd like to leave some encouragement, three little tiny pieces of encouragement. 
One, I want people to not worry that you're going to be put into a box if you explore the Enneagram. It's going to help you get out of the box and it's- You're already in the box, people. You're in the box. (laughs) You're in the box. Related to that, the second thing people worry about and why they hesitate is they're going to find out something terrible about themselves. But the Enneagram explores who you are with such compassion that you're going to be liberated. You are just going to find out so many amazing things about yourself that you didn't even know were capacities within you. So that I want to encourage in that way. And the third thing I will say is your ego is not going to want to sign up for any of this. It's going to, it feel, it already is sensing like, turn off this podcast. Yes, (laughs) I might get fired for my job here. So it really takes courage to explore this, but it's so worth it. Yeah. Yes. Love that. Well, and you've led me right into my next question. My last question is what does joyful courage mean to you? I would say joyful courage is the willingness to take an honest look at who's showing up to parent. Is it you or your personality and your habits? Mm -hmm. Is it love-based and responsive or is it reactive and fear-based? And if it is fear-based, to have the courage to love yourself, to soften those patterns. And when those patterns soften, then you get to see something a little bit different in you, Mm. something even bigger and beautiful that can deepen your relationship with your kids and anybody in your life, really, and with yourself. And to me, that's the big joy. That is joyful to really know ourselves and feel connected to others. Yeah. And so will you speak out loud? What is the name of your website? Yes, it's www.joyfulcoaching.ca and joyful has two L's because, you know, you want to be full of joy. Yes, yes. Yeah, so joyfulcoaching.ca and my name's Valerie T. Yes. Like the hot drink. Yes. (laughs) I love your play on joyful, like full of joy. I just really, Mm -hmm. and it's even all caps. I love that. Yes. I love that. Thank you. Thank you for this. We are definitely going to need to do a part two and take people a little bit deeper. This was so much fun. Thank you for all the places that you were willing to go with me. I'm glad our worlds have finally collided. Me too. Me too. Thank you, Valerie. Thank you so much, Casey. Thank you so much for listening in today. Thank you to my Sproutable partners, as well as Chris Mann and the team at Podshaper for all the support with getting this show out there and making it sound good. Check out our offers for parents with kids of all ages and sign up for our newsletter to stay connected at besproutable.com. Tune back in later this week for our Thursday show, and I'll be back with another interview next Monday. Peace. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a no guilt mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model so that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt 
free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Get Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows.